What's up, sports fans? We are here for another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. I am at the controls yet again, Rob Woodfork, alongside the uh, group here, Dave Preston, George Wallace, and back for another round of abuse is, uh, what's that say, Jay Breezy? Are you a That's rapper? right, man. You're Jay a rapper. Breezy. Oh, boy. Okay. Jay Breezy. <laughs> yeah. He spits hot fire. Well, the uh, I stayed late for Jay team. Breezy, really? Yeah, right. The uh, Washington football team, uh, big test here going to Buffalo. And that's something that's coming. That's not for me. That's from the coach, Ron Rivera, saying this is a measuring stick game against the very good Buffalo Bills team that was on the brink of going to a Super Bowl last year. And as we know, guys, neither of these teams has been back to a Super Bowl since they met in Super Bowl 26 uh, 30 years ago. Believe it or not, that was uh, literally a lifetime ago. But uh, George, you were at practice today. Uh, obviously we are stuck in rain. You were stuck in the traffic trying to get back uh, in that rain. Uh, were they practicing outside? Were they in the bubble? Uh, what do we glean from practice? Uh, yeah, they were in the bubble today uh, because it was just torrential out there for most of the day. Uh, but uh, Antonio Gibson with the shoulder was uh, out to, or limited today at practice. Uh, Matt Ioannidis did not go today with the knee. So Man, something to keep an eye on the defensive side. I mean, obviously, they're going to have their hands full with the uh, Buffalo Bills offense, uh, put up 35 last week against the Dolphins. So definitely, as you mentioned, a measuring stick. They were practicing with crowd noise inside the bubble today. You could hear it from uh, where we were in our little media tent. Uh, so, but you know what? Guys are like, they're they're ready for it. I mean, they're ready to embrace the first road trip. I mean, everybody's making a big deal about Taylor Heineke's first road game of the year. I mean, this guy, you can, this nothing, not much phases this guy. You can tell already, you know, I mean, so I, nobody's really worried about it. It's going to be uh, a great atmosphere. Guys are looking forward to it because they haven't played in a road environment in such a long time. And some of these guys have, haven't ever played in a road environment. So uh, they're looking forward to the crowd. You know, they know it's going to be a great test. I mean, you can say all that now, but when you get out there and there's 80,000 people and it's a very good team, then you may be rethinking that you're looking forward to it, but it is pretty cool to go on the road. And these guys are looking forward to it. And it's uh Definitely going to be a big test. I mean, look, we've talked about how this, uh, you know, they're playing all four finalists from a year ago. Uh, the quarterbacks, the murderer's row of quarterbacks continuing uh, this week as well. So uh, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, that defensive line are going to have to get after Allen and put some pressure on him and then cause some turnovers. And then Heineke is going to have to do his thing on the offensive side too. So looking forward to it though. I, it's it's going to be, you know, Ron Rivera said it multiple times, measuring stick and Jack Del Rio said it today as well that, anxious for the challenge and to see to see where this team is after two weeks yeah and uh, i mean the first two weeks uh defensively very unimpressive especially for a year yeah. that many thought was going to be uh one of the best if not the best uh in the nfl uh jay what do you what what, what are you seeing going into this buffalo game well, Buffalo basically needs to, you know, they played the Dolphins last week, okay? Tua got hurt, 35 nothing. It's tough to pitch a shutout in the NFL. We know that. Uh, they got stymied in week one against the Steelers. I, I was thinking that uh, they were going to, you know, probably roll be 2-0 and at this point, but uh, here we are. Uh, they'll be home. They're bringing in Washington football team coming off their first win, Um I like Buffalo. Uh, I like them flying under the radar so far because of all these other teams, the Raiders kind of showing a little surprise. And now, so Buffalo just kind of just needs to do what they need to do. Allen, you know, he's only getting better uh, from each start. Um, the defense for Buffalo, I'm looking to see how they're going to be, they're going to want to pitch another shutout tough to do. 
Um, so I'm thinking, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself to give my prediction, but I think that Washington football team needs to have their heads on a swivel because this Buffalo team really wants to be there with another chance to get to the Super Bowl, like you said, in the open at the end of this season. And it does start this Sunday once they take on the Washington football team. So it'll be a good one. I'm, I'm anxious. I, I, I didn't get a chance to look at the weather to see what that's going to be about. But um, nonetheless, no matter what, it's going to be a good game. And I think it's going to be a high scoring one. Stay tuned for my score at the end of this episode. Oh, See, now, okay. last week, Jay, oh, you know doing the gun. I learned, George, I, I learned to wait, right? You know, let it come to me. Don't that's, go for it. That's right. right? You gave yeah, it away but... right in the first 90 seconds. People tune out right away. <laughs> exactly. He can learn. You me well, you George. Can you teach an well. old dog yeah. new tricks. You can do it. Uh, Dave, I see two factors here that will determine this game that I haven't heard very many people talking about. Are they the same ones that I've written down? They might be. Let's see. Number one, the familiarity factor. We all know that once upon a time, Sean McDermott was the defensive coordinator under Ron Rivera in Carolina. Stands to reason they're running a very similar style of defense that they did, mm -hmm. uh, that Washington does. And obviously have Ron having uh, coached alongside him and had him coach under him really was um, he, he'll know his tendencies. He'll know what he's thinking before he thinks it. And, and uh, we've seen a lot of these matchups between uh, you know, the proverbial teacher taking on the student and uh, more often than not, it seems like the, uh, the teacher gets the better of the student. And, uh, and the second factor which I'll get to in a second. The uh, Washington football team does not have the same team as Buffalo. I don't think that's even debatable. The, uh, Buffalo has the better team, but I think the familiarity factor uh, might just be the thing that is the equalizer, if not giving uh, Washington the advantage. The second factor, the rest factor, because Washington's coming off a mini buy, essentially having played the Thursday game, getting the weekend off, having a little extra time. Uh, so that might uh, tip things in Washington's favor. Was that what you were thinking, Dave Preston? No, although that, that sounds show quite a bit like the guy who takes the team from the West Coast and the East Coast at 1 p.m., that has been proven extremely wrong over the first couple of weeks of the season. My two uh, things for this week, Rob, uh, one, uh, will this team beat itself? Washington, nine penalties last week, eight the week before. Uh, it, they didn't necessarily beat themselves with penalties against the Giants, but you could very well make the case that they did so with their eight flags against the Chargers. They had that stretch of three whistles over five plays that basically cost them three points of field goal. It felt like, it almost felt like last Thursday, the Giants were trying to cost themselves more than the Burgundy and Gold with drop passes, with penalties as well. Penalties are a huge thing because while nine penalties for 80 yards might not destroy you against the New York Giants, a team that has started 0-2 now for five straight seasons and is destined to be in the cellar again this year in the NFC East, it's going to hurt you against a team like Buffalo that when they smell blood in the water like they did this past Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, they pounced. That game, it was, it was a tight game, and all of a sudden you turn around, oh, my God, it's 35 nothing. That game got ugly late, and 
You, you can see Buffalo doing so if Washington hurts themselves. Another key for me is third down. Washington, 30.4% converting third downs. That's 32nd in the NFL. And right now you've got basically Terry McLaurin and a bunch of other guys who, you know, Taylor Heineke has played well in spots. He was six of eight on that game-winning drive this past Thursday against the Giants after throwing that pick. But he needs more than Terry McLaurin to stretch the field. Uh, Ron Rivera earlier this week talked about how he was looking to get the ball to other guys, moving the ball around. It's That's a really nice thing in theory. But on third down, Terry McLaurin, and I guess maybe Humphreys, those, those are the guys who, and even McKissick a little bit, but there's no real guy outside of McLaurin that I want the ball going to on third down. And so yeah. they need to move the sticks better, much better against the Bills. And the Bills are a team that, I think uh, with eight sacks are tied for second in the NFL at this time. They got to move the ball better, uh, especially on third down against this Bills team, because I don't think this is going to be a, a high scoring game like the game against the Giants was, and they can't beat themselves. And to Dave's point, George, it seems like we haven't called Logan Thomas's name as much as we did at this time last year. Uh, that was a guy who really stepped up and was able to uh, be sort of that second uh, guy for. Uh, the quarterback, uh, you know, just having an option other than McLaurin. Uh, I, I know Ron was talking about having more uh, opportunities for Cam Sims in particular, trying to get him more involved in the offense because we haven't seen much of him over the course of the first two weeks. Yeah, you haven't. And he mentioned that specifically uh, this week for sure. And look, Taylor Heineke obviously has a relationship and a good uh, poor with Terry McLaurin he used Logan a little bit last week in that Thursday night game but I think it's just a matter of him he's just going to get comfortable with it and I think you're going to see once he puts all these guys to work you're going to see other things open up like ideally you get Cam Sims the ball and then he becomes a threat other guys open up same thing with Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin so to your your point though Dave like you I want the ball in Terry's hands any time I mean you know especially on third down but Look, these other guys have proven they can do it as well. I mean, Humphreys, we 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 always talk about the uh, this offseason, this summer with the connection with Fitz and Humphreys. Maybe not so much, obviously, with uh, with uh, Taylor, but Taylor worked last year with Logan and, and Terry McLaurin. I think as you see Heineke getting more comfortable, keep in mind it was just week one, his first start too. So as he continues to work with the ones, get more comfortable, I think you're going to see this offense open up a lot more. I really do. All right. I mean, and they're going to need to against this Buffalo team that yeah. uh, has a reputation for being tough defensively. A lot of the same things that we've been talking about uh, here in Washington. So it, it, it bears the question then, guys, is, t is Taylor Heineke for real? Because we've seen a very limited sample size of him. Uh, he played well in that game. He did some really bad things like the interception in the fourth quarter. He did some really good things like the two-play drive and then, of course, getting them in position to uh, kick the winning field goal there at the end. So a lot of good things he's thrown for, um, and I'm, I'm hoping to get this stat right, I think he's thrown for the third most yards of any undrafted player uh, uh, in the first three games of his career. That's what it is. So, I mean, he's, he's getting a lot of yards. He's making plays here and there. And I've said this before, he's playing some of the most competent quarterback uh, play that we've seen out of yeah. any of the guys who've played the last two seasons. So can they go to Buffalo and knock off a really good team with a guy like Taylor Heineke at the helm, Jay Brooks? 
yes, he uh, he does have the tools to do so. It just seems like the team plays a little bit differently when Taylor Heineke is under center or in shotgun and running around back there. He gives his reads really quick, and then he scampers if he has to. There's, um, you know, he he he's aware of the pocket. Um, Long term, I don't know, but I think he's getting a pretty good sample size. Came in relief. He got this start against the Giants. He has this one on the road. He knows it's his team, at least for a couple of three more weeks, all depending, of course, on uh, Fitzmagic's uh, injury. Um, he doesn't really have to look behind his back to see if anybody's gaining on him. You know, Allen is there just as an emergency. Um, I think he's gonna, I I'm concerned. And I wanted to ask George about the, uh, compression sock on the right foot. Is, is that anything or right leg? Is that anything to worry about? If you listen to him, he says, no, uh, he got hit the other night, but, uh, a little more precaution. It doesn't seem to be out there when he, as he's moving around with it, just the little portion we can see in practice. Again, we can't see much, but he's right. not even listed on the injury report. So I don't see that as being a, uh, a big deal now. And I mean, there you go. Until, until it is. We all right, have exactly. to segue to compression socks at some point, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Well, uh, that being said, uh, adrenaline is a great uh, thing. And I believe come Sunday at 1 o'clock, um, Taylor Heineke will uh, be able to guide his team to a victory. But, again, stay tuned for that score pick coming up at the end of this episode. <laughs> oh, he's perfected the tease. Uh, Dave Preston, uh, is, is this kid for real? I think he's as real as anybody that we've had at quarterback since Kirk Cousin departed. I, even, even Alex Smith during his run where it seemed like he threw for 179 yards three or four weeks in a row. Uh, I wish I had gone to Vegas. Put together, put together the three yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I know. So I, I think I, I feel like he is their best quarterback since Kirk Cousins departed. And the question is, you look at the quarterbacks who have been here in the last 20 years, what has happened to them? They've either been mismanaged out of town or things have not worked for them for different reasons, or they've suffered you know, really bad injuries like Alex Smith, who it appeared as though he was turning the corner when he suffered that injury against Houston. You look at Kirk Cousins, the management didn't want to sign him. RG3, that thing blew up like a bad dumpster fire. John Beck didn't work. Obviously, that was never going to work. But I think they, uh, I think ESPN, John Kine did a piece on the best quarterbacks since uh, uh, Mark Rippon uh, in the last 30 years because they've started 32 guys since then. And even Brad Johnson, perfect, you know, had a great season. And Burgundy and Gold Management found a way to get to make him upset and get him out of the uh, organization. So as long as the organization doesn't mess things up, this guy has a chance to be here a long time. And I've made the comparison before to Kurt Warner. I feel like that is his best case scenario there. He's 28 years old. He still has enough tread on the tire, hasn't played enough in the past to even have wear and tear on said tires. So at age 28, I mean, he could have a good long career here if uh, if everything sort of falls into place, uh, to your point, Dave. Uh, what do we think is going to happen in Buffalo? We'll go. Uh, we'll what do go we think is going to happen in Buffalo? Yes. I, I will lead off the predictions. All right, go. I'm going to go Buffalo 17, Washington 4. 
four. I picked two safeties. Chase Young is going to get one safety, and uh, yeah, he's, he might get a second one too. So I'm going 17 to four. I looked foolish enough when I picked the uh, Giants to win 18-11 last week, so I'm not going there again. Why are you this 17 way? to four, uh, boys? George, I, I'm expecting a more uh, a, a more normal score from you. What do you want? Six four. You want six four? That would you want? Uh, Me too. I'm surprised you didn't say a four four tie. If you're going yeah, with right. fours, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Where are those three ties coming into play? Hey, you know what? Four safeties in a game. I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> but we will. Jay's point. Do I think they can do it? Yes, I think they can. Do I think they will? No, I think. It'll be too much Buffalo this week. I would expect, though, I, I expect them to play well. I think they are confident now. At least the offense is. The defense, I mean, look, even though they won that game the other day, they tried to lose it. I mean, you know, uh, you still let Daniel Jones go for a 58-yard run, minor hold or not. It was still a 46-yard run after, after the – Yeah. Huh? 95 yards. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, I think the defense needs to get a lot better. And this quarterback's a lot better than Daniel Jones. So – uh, another good test for this defense. Do, I don't think the offense is going to be the problem. As much weird as that is to say, maybe I think that just Taylor is just playing with a lot of confidence and the guys like the way the whole hair on fire thing is what they keep going back with. He's just out there having fun and playing ball. And I think that, you know, can you sustain that all season? No, probably not. But at, at, for this, at this point, while he's continuing to work with the ones and, and learn this offense more and get more with his wide receivers and get more uh, rapport, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. I think the defense is going to have the problems, though. I think that if, if that's going to be the issue come Sunday. I think they'll keep it close, though. I expect an entertaining game. And, you know, you say you're using it as a measuring stick, and I think Washington will be with the Bills. It's not going to be 35 nothing. I think they're going to give them a good game and, and stay competitive. But I think at the end, the defense gives up too much. I'm going to go something like 27-20 Buffalo Sunday. Wow. I mean, that's pretty close to what I was picking. I'm going 28 to 24 in favor of Buffalo. And this one's going to go uh, down to the end. And that's, I mean, you talk about a measuring stick game, just hanging with these guys is progress right. for Washington. Right. You talk about the, you, you know, the, the, this is a quarterback that's uh, better than Daniel Jones. Well, he's not only better, but he's every bit as mobile. So yeah, yeah. Washington has historically struggled against uh, mobile quarterbacks, guys who can make plays with their legs, guys who can extend plays and improvise. Um, so I, I think there will be too much of that. Uh, Washington's defense is going to have uh, – I'll say this. I think Washington's defense gets back on track against Atlanta. I think that's the game that you see their yeah. defense start to really take hold and start to get in a groove this is the wrong game to try and get right. So I think they'll stay in the game thanks to the offense and some improved play, uh, being able to move the ball more and maybe finish a couple more drives than they, you know, maybe would have under Fitz. But ultimately uh, Buffalo's just too good, especially in their place where fans are uh, dropping their bodies on top of tables and all kinds of other craziness. Uh, Jay, it happens. I'm gonna Jay, I'm gonna do that right now. I want to hear Jay's score, and then I'm gonna go and drop them and jump on the table. All right, uh, that's great. Two we'll two that. nothing, Dave. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm not gonna go with another <laughs> shutout by the Bills. Uh, I'm gonna go Buffalo 26, Washington Football Team 23, and it will come down to near the end of the game. 
as I believe Buffalo is kind of looking ahead to Houston next week. Okay. I know that the Washington football team is probably looking ahead to that, uh, that Atlanta game, but I, I just think Buffalo has too much talent. They are home. It, it's all just pointing in a victory for Buffalo as they kind of get over that first week loss to the Steelers, the 35, nothing win over Miami's nice to build on the, the, you know, the division game. And now you got Washington coming in. I think it all points to a 26, 23 win for the Buffalo bills as the Washington football team will fall to one and two on the season. And I mean, that's, let's be real. That's kind of where people yeah. sort of had them pegged to be, before the season anyway if you you look at the schedule i mean even sure. even the most uh uh even the biggest fans uh, the most delusional fans were still saying probably two and one at this point well let's get to the uh two minute drill guys and i'm going to lead this one off because that baltimore ravens game on saturday on uh monday night sunday night sunday night i don't know my days i mean it's whatever sunday okay. night football they were able to uh really get off the schneid so to speak against the kansas city chiefs that was a game they needed to win that was a game lamar jackson needed to win but uh it it really for me called to mind and i said this in my column on wtop.com this week um they needed to make two moves in particular in the offseason that would have them in position to a better position to compete for a super bowl that is sign jj watt and trade for Julio Jones. And those two moves, even with the injuries that they're dealing with right now, I still feel like those two moves would have put them in a better position because let's be real, the championship window, if it's not closed now, it's closing. You got maybe another year or two because Lamar Jackson is still cheap. And if he MVP balls this year and gets them back to the playoffs, yeah, that's going to be a lot of money. And the aforementioned Josh Allen got paid and Lamar's going to need to get something to that effect. And, uh, and probably more given the fact that he's for all intents and purposes playing two positions for you. So um, there is no greater asset in the NFL than having a franchise quarterback on his rookie contract. And that window is about to close and once that window closes, I'm afraid that Baltimore's gonna. Uh, I don't. I don't know that they're gonna be able to to get to a Super Bowl realistically uh, once that closes because of the salary cap issues. Um, Jay, did you have a final thought? Uh, I'm gonna harken back to the Raiders Steelers game. I actually went up to Pennsylvania last week to watch the game. I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I no longer am a fan. I am a sports reporter. So I had a chance to really watch the game through a different eye with a Steeler and a Raider fan. And what I noticed is the Raiders are for real. Carr, who I kind of questioned for a lot of years, one, why are you there? And But he showed me a lot on Sunday. The, the team did what Dave Preston doesn't like. They came from the West Coast to the East on a short week. And we're able to pull it out over uh, a Pittsburgh Steelers team that I think the window has shut, to be honest with you. And it is the quarterback play. Um, he's not Tom Brady, of course. They're different ilks. I mean, there's no line in Pittsburgh for, uh, for a running game or for a, a passing game with Ben's arm right now. 
So I think the Raiders were basically able to take down the Ravens and the Steelers. Everybody thought the Raiders would be 0-2 at this point. Look at them now. They're just winning, baby. And I think that they're going to be that surprise wildcard team that's going to surprise you. Real quick on your, your Chiefs, I think the Chiefs got a wake-up call. They've been going into games lately just getting by. That spark that got them that Super Bowl win is gone. They're, they're now like, hey, we're just going to show up and we're going to win. And, and that ain't going to cut it with teams like the Browns and the Ravens and the Raiders and all these other teams out there that want to raise the Lombardi trophy at the end of the season. So uh, my takeaway is that the Raiders are for real. They've got some talent on that team and they are a team to watch as again, one of the two wildcard teams coming out of the AFC. Well, uh, before we get to you, Dave, just real quick, I don't trust John Gruden. I, I agree with you on uh, Derek Carr. I think he's way underrated as a quarterback, but John Gruden is now that Jeff Fisher's out of the league. John Gruden is the most overrated coach in the NFL, probably in the last 15 wow. years or so. I'm not a Chucky fan. He won that Super Bowl with all kinds of shenanigans. We all know yep. that. Yep. And uh, that's all I'll say. That was, I, that, it was it was a perfect confluence. You were in Pittsburgh. It was a perfect confluence of events that uh, led to him getting that one Super Bowl. And he hasn't even sniffed the conference championship since. So well, I, and, I, and, and those, uh, those uh, profile shots of him, whew, you know, don't turn sideways, Johnny. He's eating a little too much there in Vegas. Um, he still says, seriously, he does say that he is working just as hard as he did 20 years ago. Yeah. But 20 years ago, you know, again, he had the Super Bowl as a gift to him, and all that's right. all I'll say. And I'll so. just point out that we don't condone fat shaming on this show. Dave Preston. <laughs> We're talking about windows closing, gentlemen. And what's uh, my thought this week is uh, Washington Capitals open up training camp at Kettler Ice Complex. Uh, there is a window that is closing. It's not the window that is slammed shut at uh, – the ballpark where the Nats just two years removed from a world series championship are now in revamping mode. There are still some great pieces here in Washington to compete for a Stanley cup. The question is, can they, they've gotten past the second round just once during Alex Ovechkin's career. They won the cup that year, but since then there's not been nothing but heartbreak and heartache against sometimes very inferior teams. And Hockey, more than any other sport, in my opinion, is one where it really does take a village to win a championship because in any other sport, Max Scherzer can pitch until his arm falls off. And Tom Brady will take every snap uh, for the Tampa Bay Bucks. LeBron James can play 48 minutes and then go uh, every minute in overtime. But hockey, with the exception of your goaltender, your best players are leaving the ice within 30, 40 seconds. So Caps did make some moves to build around the core that has been here for quite some time. And it's one of those things, the recipe, you don't really know if you've made those right moves until November or December. Sometimes you think you made the right moves around New Year's and then you realize in April, ooh, that was fool's gold. So I'm very curious to see how this Capitals team comes out and comes together. And, and it's what's also amazing is that Alex Ovechkin has been an absolute gift for this area for the last 15, almost 20 years now, and he is still performing at a high level. When does he start to slow down? Nicholas Backstrom has shown signs of slowing down the last couple of years, but who knows 
how many more years this gang will be able to realistically say in October, hey, the cup is the goal and we're not making people laugh by saying that. So let's go uh, see how the caps are going to fare. All right. Okay. And we keep talking about uh, closing windows and the window has closed on this episode of the DC Sports Huddle. We thank you for joining us. And I am Rob Woodfork at the controls yet again, uh, saying we're uh, signing off for uh, Jay Brooks, Dave Preston, and George Wallace, who's off uh, doing a sports cast, being smart and funny as he is wont to do. So with that, let's uh, break the huddle. Right. <laughs>